Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Okay, Adam, I got one for you. Do you now? Have you ever wanted to own your own castle? Well, yeah. Then this is a game for you. It's called well, Castles. This is a game for the PC that was made by Quicksilver and published by Interplay back in 1991. And you can pick it up on Steam and GOG for, you know, like three bucks on sale. Don't, don't ever buy it, you know, full price for 11 bucks, but it's around. <laughs> I, you know, this came out in 1991, so I played it in high school mm-hmm. and... I mean, it's not a great game. It wasn't a great game when it came out, but I had a lot of fun with this. You play in these campaigns that are either, I think, one, three, five, or eight castles long. So you build a castle, then you move on to the next castle. Revenue from the first one funds the second one, so forth and so on. Oh, okay. And and there's sort of two screens. There's the building screen where you sort of look down on this chunk of land and you lay down towers and wall sections and doors and you can decide things like how thick are the walls how tall are they do they have slits do they have areas for cauldrons blah 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 if you're close enough to a water source you can have your soldiers dig a moat Mm -hmm. and then there's the politics screen which is always this picture of you as a king who looks terribly bored and pissed off sitting in his he sitting in his yes it's it's great art though sitting mm-hmm. in his throne snarling at whoever's standing in front of him and people bring you their problems my lord this this other lord is being a dick or my lord there are goblins or my lord there's a thief who's stealing from people there's all these different storylines and i mean after 30 years i've played them all right. but you can either do it in because it takes place in wales and you can either do it in a fantasy or a real realm and all the fantasy realm is add storylines so possible storylines won't be subtracted they'll just be added which is i think you're attacked by orcs and there's one where you piss off a local wizard and he curses you unless you throw money at him and the more you say yeah the more you say no the more he says okay and shit starts happening like uh (laughs) scaffoldings start collapsing your workers turn into pigs for a day i think is one of them and eventually you just wind up paying this jerk off and sending him on his way but yeah it's a pretty simple game and i know there was a sequel uh, when i bought it on gog years ago castles and castles 2 siege and conquest came as a bunch now they separated them out but whatever i own them both and i kind of dig this even though the uh, interface is kind of primitive Jank? Jank, yeah it, it's busted <laughs> I'm not sure if it's busted. You just got to know what you're doing. I guess. I mean, you, you've got 30 years of experience with this interface yes, on me. Yes. So, yeah. Well, it's a lot like uh, when I had you play Rules of Engagement. Mm-hmm. This was made before game developers had really settled on how things work. Right. In a real-time strategy game or even a strategy game, left-click tends to mean select and right-click tends to be an action. Mm-hmm. And that's the the language of the mouse in a strategy game just like halo helps set down the language of a shooter with a gamepad with a game controller but of course this game is many years before this language was settled on and i'm guessing that's probably the first thing you smacked into 
Yeah, I, I, there's a, there's a couple of things that I smacked into right off the hop. I mean, I I figured out okay, go to the his design screen and then you can mm-hmm. lay out where you want your towers and your walls and and then I got off of it and I thought, wow, those walls are awfully short. <laughs> and like it didn't I didn't click that they were supposed to be taller. Like I didn't oh. have reference that that was supposed to be a thing. They're like, yeah. oh, these go up. I didn't have a an inkling in my mind that each time you place one specific wall segment you have to say i want a shit ton of laborers to go build yeah. this thing right now yeah I've been, i'm the one who texted you it's like well did you assign laborers to the wall oh <laughs> there's there's no there's no inkling there like hey by the way <laughs> well again but, you know this was this was built at a time when you, there was a manual and you were expected to read the manual before you played the game yeah. And that's just not true anymore. Like, that's the one thing about Domina I noticed, we'll talk about later, was that there's no manual, but the, the tutorial ain't great. So there's things you have to figure out on your own. You either have to have a manual or a really good tutorial or both, but you can't have neither. And, you know, I, I guess I forgot to send you the manual for, for castles. Oops. I'm, I'm sure that it's probably floating around somewhere on Steam. Like, I, yeah. I guarantee if I went and dug for it, I could probably find it. Yeah, uh, probably. But, uh, like, I'll be honest with you, it didn't even didn't even flash across my mind like hey you know i should go see if there's a manual because that's just not really much of a thing anymore at this point everything is kind of tutorialized uh, whether Mm -hmm. for good or for ill is is up for debate but um well a manual you know and this is true i think for any game is that if a manual adds to the flavor like in wing commander which we'll eventually do the manual include like the manual is actually quite small but it includes this little magazine which is meant to be like the the in-universe magazine for the the space carrier tiger's claw i think it's called claw marks and it's meant to be you know it, it sort of it tells you what you need to know about how the game plays but it does it in universe and with flavor or the dagger of amon Ra, which we're definitely going to do which includes a map of the museum but it's meant to be a map you receive as you walk through the door of the museum and one of the ushers hands it to you so something like that a physical manual is kind of cool but mm. for say elite dangerous or any of these other games do you really need a manual or is an in-game tutorial more effective when you can see what you're doing and you can do it mm. as the game explains it to you mm-hmm. unfortunately this like, game doesn't have that yeah uh, i mean it, that's a that's a debate for another point but yeah I, I think that it's it's got merits on both sides of the argument. With castles, though, um, jumping into it, like if you just kind of bumble across things, I, I feel like you've got uh, a decent chance at figuring things out. Like once I stopped and really critically analyzed the menu that I was looking at, you mm-hmm. you kind of pieced together. Oh, okay, they're a little bit far apart, but the labor is on the far left side of this menu and the slider on the right hand side of the menu. Those those actually go to get. Okay, so if I bump yeah. this up, then I'm going to get a, a bunch of laborers going over there. Yeah. Um, and then I had to figure out after that that I had to do that for each individual segment of the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's You'd think that building a wall, it would automatically assign workers, but it doesn't. No. Uh, again, it's you know it's a, it's an example. It's a lot like XCOM and a lot of these others. This was this game was built at a time before those assumptions were assumptions. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you have to assign laborers. Why wouldn't you have to? Yeah. A lot of the micromanagement that we take for granted that the computer looks after for us, that the game looks after for us, this game doesn't do that. No. So yeah, it's. But what did you think of the gameplay of actually building the castle? And what did you think of that? I'll be honest with you, I was I was kind of underwhelmed. <laughs> um, 
you, well, the graphics you know, aren't awesome, but you know. Well, but but not even the graphics. Like I, I appreciate the graphics for what they were. They were, you know, they were excellent at the time. It was an interplay game. This is Quicksilver. They like interplay is just the the um, the publisher. Uh, the publisher, yeah. Yeah. But interplay, like they were a powerhouse in the '90s. They did some amazing games, mm-hmm. uh, and Quicksilver did some great games as well. In fact, I think Quicksilver is still around. Oh, really? Yeah, in one form or another. Um, but but the gameplay itself, it just. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I lay down my castle. Mm-hmm. I tell people to build it. It gets built. People come to me with their problems. I've got three options. Mind you, this is running through a DOS box, uh, DOS box front end. Yep. So yep. Yep. like, it's it's a DOS game. Uh, you pick one of three options, and then you send them on their way, and that'll start play out a little storyline, um, mm-hmm. which is excellent. I, I thought that that was you know perfectly well done execution yep. of that, and then people come and attack you and you line up your archers on the walls or inside the castle and then you put your uh footmen down in front of them and then before the enemies yeah before the enemies even made it onto the map the footmen go charging off nose first into combat get killed 10 miles away from the castle and then the enemy makes it to your castle where they fight with the archers for a little while really i i never once had uh enemy troops even reach the moat I maybe maybe I just didn't have enough troops. Like I I don't know what the what the comparison is here. Like I had I think eighty infantrymen and eighty archers. To me, I always had the maximum. Okay, see, I didn't know that there was a max that you can go to. Three fifty and three fifty, yeah. Ah, that was okay. That's one of those things that, yeah. I, I, of course, I know this game, so I know the first thing you do is jack up your uh, your infantry to the top and jack up your archers to the top. Is in addition to making sure your castle never gets you know wiped out, because eventually they'll they'll dig in the moat and then they'll attack you and they'll start. And you can you know set, stand there and watch them take down your castle one section at a time. Uh, yeah. And I, I I learned that the hard way in high school. But it also means that your moat will get dug much quicker because it's your soldiers who do the digging. Oh, uh, okay. So at least I think it's the soldiers. It's been a while. I mean, but then, of course, when I built my castle, I forgot to build closer to the shoreline and I couldn't dig a moat. So I had to add this tower and wall sticking out in the middle of nowhere to get <laughs> close enough to the water to dig the damn thing out. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I went with it. I just built a single castle for this run through of the game. I didn't go for the campaign. I just built a simple, you know, a rectangular castle with a keep inside, mm-hmm. which is really just a smaller rectangular castle. Yeah. And that, that was it. You know, and I had fun. This game is not as awesome as it was when I was 17, which is shocking to me. But OK, not really. But, you know, it's it's one of those games. If you pick it up for three bucks on Steam and you futz around at it for a couple of hours, I think you get your money's worth. I, I can't see anyone going balls out and playing an eight in an eight uh, castle campaign and doing it again in a harder setting like i can't see anyone dedicating you know serious gaming hours to this game yeah uh for me i think that if i want to play this game again i'm gonna go play crusader kings 2 yeah i at some point i should try that i think i've probably got that in my library of abject humiliation I, i'm well, sure it's, it's there but it's in our list it's a free play or it's a free game on steam right now like just we're gonna get there okay. <laughs> i'm gonna make you play it <laughs> okay fair enough i think oh crusader kings i thought you meant a crusader which is a, another castle building thing but oh. uh 
I, I'm still trying to find a newer version of Castles. Like, I'm still on the lookout for that new Castles game, and I've yet to find one that looks good. Didn't? Uh, what about Stronghold? Did that one ever tickle your fancy? Well, that's Stronghold, and there was Stronghold Crusader. That's the one I was talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, it never really did it for me. I'll have to try again. Eventually, I'll find one. I mean, Cossacks, I own that. Cossacks 3, I think you can build castles with that. I mean, I'll find one eventually, or maybe I won't. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it's it's the problem with nostalgia is you go chasing something that never existed to begin with, <laughs> let alone something that you want now. Very true. Very, but we'll very find true. it. So, so are you going to play it beyond the hour that, uh, that, you, that you were forced to uh, play it, or... You can uninstall and walk away or run. Nah, I'm, I'm going to uninstall and leave this one in the dust, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm probably, I mean, I'm going to uninstall it after this. I'll probably come back to it. To me, it's one of those games I'll come back every once in a while and install it, build a castle, have my fun and leave. I don't think I ever played like a full eight castle campaign. I think the most I ever got to was about three and then went, yeah, I'm done, move on. And certainly that's the case now. But, you know, a year from now I'll come back and I'll play. Maybe I'll try Castles 2, finally. For for a Steam game on sale, I, I think it's worth it, but that's about it. Buy it on sale, right? Yeah, so. I, I'll agree to that. It's, again, it, as I've said in the past, it's a good thing to go and look at and see where we've come from as gamers. Well, I'm not going to drag you down memory lane too many more times in this podcast, I promise. You so. can lie to the audience, but don't lie to me, Farron. Okay, fine. Space War. <laughs> Space War on a mainframe is next. Okay, and there it is. There it is. All right, Farron, listen, we've, we've got a problem. I know that you used to be a beat cop in Raccoon City, but we're promoting you to the office of the president and we need you to watch over his daughter, but she's just been kidnapped and taken to somewhere in an unknown part of Spain. You good to go? Sure. Let's get into Resident Evil 4. So <laughs> Resident Evil 4 was uh, published and developed by Capcom. It was one of the original Capcom 7 that was supposed to be exclusive games for the GameCube. Capcom then decided to release it on the PlayStation 2, and then the PC, and then the PlayStation 3, and 4, and Xbox One, and uh, just about everywhere else, uh, including the GameCube. Well, that's uh, because it's so highly regarded. I mean, everyone wants to play it, right? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it, still, it was... isn't it one of the most highly regarded of the Resident Evils? Yeah, so it is it is still like sort of held up as the pinnacle of Resident Evil. It was sort of the last breaking point before we started to see the Resident Evil series move from primarily trying to be horror with shooter elements to more being shooter with some side horror elements. I mean, okay. obviously that changed back with Resident Evil 7, I think. Right. But yeah, but 5 and 6 were held in a lot lower regard by a lot of the a lot of the hardcore resident evil community um but yes so it was released originally in 2005 you can still find it just about everywhere go pick it up on steam it's on gog it's, it's wherever you want to find it it's there i love this game and i will always love this game um for like let, let's get the negatives out of the way of it first the the controls are so 2005 tank controls they're garbage they're not oh god they're garbage 
It's all about working around those controls. You hold right trigger to pull up your gun and then you have to press X to shoot, but you can't move while you're aiming. Or you can knife someone by holding left trigger and pulling out your knife and pressing X to X to slash your knife. You can run, you've got a quick turn if you push down on the thumbstick and press A at the same time. Like, so Adam, what you're saying is the final boss of this game is the developers. <laughs> Uh, That's what we're no, getting at here, right? No, the final boss of this game, you shoot in the face with a rocket launcher, but... Oh, okay. I would <laughs> the, like to do that to the developers, but that's another matter. Oh, man. I I think that, like, the first first hour or so you play this game, it's it's rough, it's janky, it's hard to get the hang of. But you once think? <laughs> but once you've really gotten to grips with how the game controls and what things mean, then I think that it turns into one of the most fun third-person adventure shooters slash this is a horror game actually just kidding it's not a horror game it's goddamn hilarious um, yeah great things about the story i cannot yeah. confirm them but i've uh, heard great things well we'll we'll get into like a, a little bit of the early story stuff i'm sure without major spoilers for the game but yeah for the 15 for the 16 year old game spoiler alert okay fine well but listen i defy you to find me another game that i can shoot a monk in the knee and suplex him if you can find me another game that i can do that and then that will be my new favorite game but until then this is my favorite resident evil game <laughs> okay that's a rather specific but i'm sure we could find something but but, but that's just it is like you once you once you kind of figure out oh if i if i shoot this guy in the face then i can roundhouse kick him then you start wondering, well, if I shoot him in the knee, what happens? And as you progress through the game, all these different enemies that you wind up coming across all have different sort of finisher animations that Leon Kennedy, the protagonist of this game, can do. And one of them is if you are in the right positioning and you shoot one of the monks in the knees later on, you could just straight up suplex them and burst their head open. And it's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Ah. Oh. There's, there's a. I'll take your word for it. There's this tiny little Castellan that you run into later on, and there's an entire sequence where you're powering up this giant robot of this tiny Castellan, and to open a door. And then once you do that, then the robot chases you, and you have got like this Crash Bandicoot chase sequence where you're running away from a giant robot of a tiny little man, <laughs> and it's just delightful. There's a oh. scene where where a zombie bursts out of a stand-up oven and you shoot him in the face and put him down and then and then you walk over to the oven and inspect it and Leon just goes, what was he doing in there? <laughs> you know, I've heard nothing but good things about this story and I have wanted to play this game for years. And it's one of those games, I should buy this. Eh, no, I won't. I should buy this. No, I won't. I'm back and forth. So I have to thank you for giving me the opportunity to finally play it to discover that my instincts every time to say, and eh, no, I'm not going to bother. We're right. <laughs> so in our discussion episode, we talked about what makes a good game. And if you recall, yeah. I talked about feeling in control and I talked about controls as a whole. And I talked about good story and good writing. And when those things aren't present, it's not a good game. And I am fairly certain that through some sort of time travel means the people who made this game listened to that episode and ticked a bunch of boxes off and said, okay, let's not do these. Sort of like the movie Hot Fuzz where they got Roger Ebert's big book of movie cliches and used them as a checklist. So let's start with the story. Or let's start with the writing. 
The dialogue is garbage. Oh, it's camp uh, as hell. It's not just that it's campy, it's badly written. Like, Clue, the movie, is campy, but the writing is clever and it's good writing. It's good English. Yeah. This is goodly written. You know, yes, I get it, it's a Japanese game, but I'm convinced I could make a billion dollars just by finding people who are fluent in English, who have learned Japanese, who will then translate the game and then hand it off to a writer who will then clean up the dialogue because they only got through step one. They translated it literally from English and didn't think, does this sound good in the language I will now be speaking? So the dialogue is painful. The setup is painful. The inflection is painful. The word choice, like I was sitting there going, oh my God, this guy, Leon, is just in the back of the vehicle and I already want him to get eaten by a zombie. <laughs> the controls, well, they're the worst I've ever encountered. And to be clear, I played all the way through Resident Evil 2 and had no problem with it. But this game was, I hated it. Like, hated the way it controlled. It didn't help that... Like, I play third-person games, no problem. This game put me down in five minutes because really? the, the... I mean, part of it was I was in a I was in a, that small cabin that you yeah. wind up at at first, and everything is right angles, so that was rough on me. But the camera is so bad, and trying to control the character was so hard, and I fought it so much that after five minutes, I'm not sure if I was nauseous because of motion sickness or because I hated the controls so much, but my God... If there was ever a film adaptation of this game where they sort of punch up the writing, I will be all over it. But, oh my God, Adam. Oh, man. But, like, there's just, there's there's so much about this game that I love, and I, I appreciate why you don't. And I, I definitely get that. I think that a lot of this comes down to your nostalgia and my nostalgia clashing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like your Your nostalgia lets you go back and play castles and enjoy yourself. My yeah. nostalgia lets me go back and play Resident Evil 4 and enjoy myself. But even from a modern perspective, don't you have an issue with the, the controls? Like, don't you think it's time that Resident Evil said, you know what, the rest of the world has figured out how to control an action game from the third person. Maybe mm-hmm. we should catch up. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's what they did in, in later games. Uh, Resident oh, Evil okay. 5, Resident Evil 6, those were both very much more modern shooters. Right. Resident Evil 5 came out on the 360 and mm. it was a lot more focused on run and gun gameplay. Okay. Um, Resident Evil 6 was a lot of people consider it to barely even be a Resident Evil game because of how much it focused on the gunplay. Okay. Um, but this like this came out on the GameCube. It was <laughs> still sort of when as as we mentioned before when games were being figured out when the yeah. lingo of a first and third person shooter was being developed it was at the same time as the original xbox and the playstation 2 mm-hmm. yeah, I we guess didn't so. have that down yet yeah i suppose so because halo came out at about the same time and it sort of was the one that standardized how to control a shooter first person yes. shooter with, okay and i can you know what i wonder if this game would have been easier for me had i played it with a mouse and keyboard because that's how i played resident evil 2 on the PC. Maybe. I, I um, wonder if that would make things easier. It, it I, might. I didn't, yeah. Um, you know, but to me, it, there was the writing as much as anything else. But And I get that. The writing, the writing is bad, but that's just kind of like, that's just sort of a Resident Evil thing, though. The writing is shitty writing? Really, yeah, the, the writing's never really good. Okay. It's it's all overly dramatic and so verbose and, and poorly translated. And it's just kind of a 
kind of a cliche thing that you just kind of buy into with Resident yeah. Evil. Um, it's 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 cape flapping villains and twirling mustaches who are speaking in poorly translated English. <laughs> like, I can almost get behind that. Uh, yeah, but it's but at the same time, it seems that. Uh, Japanese companies like Nintendo and Capcom, they have this thing where this is the way we've always done it, and this yeah. is the way we'll always do it, and we don't yeah. care what the rest of the world wants, because if it wasn't working, people wouldn't buy our games. Yeah. You know, but that's the same argument that keeps Breath of the Wild from being released on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and then the newer versions, where if they did release them on the new ones, they'd make, you know, they'd sell tens of millions of copies, but Nintendo makes their own hardware, and that, yeah. that's all, that's the end of the story. And it's yeah. the same with Capcom. Well, this is the way we've done it. This is the way we'll continue to do it. Yeah. But I, I wonder if, you know, it's almost time, because they didn't they remake the first, like, Resident Evil 2 and 3? Didn't they yes. recently remake those? Yeah, so you've got... Uh, Resident. I mean, they did HD remakes of Resident Evil One, Two, and Three. I think on okay. several different generations, but they just recently redid it not so long ago. So, is Four next? Will they do a remake of this game? Do you think? I I don't think so. I feel like it's um, it was enough of a departure from One, Two, and Three yeah. that I think it's kind of in its own little bubble. Like they're not going to. I don't think they're going to touch Resident Evil Four. I'd be shocked if they touched Resident Evil 4 or 5 or 6. Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine that they probably redid the classics because that was just, it was difficult yeah. to play them. It was genuinely difficult to play them. Yeah, I wonder if they'll do that with 4. That would be interesting. Like, I don't care so much about the graphics because as we've discovered mm -hmm. in this podcast, I've, one of my favorite games is an Atari 2600. So obviously <laughs> graphics are not an issue. But I yeah. wonder if just updating the control scheme and cleaning up some of the voice work, the problem is, the, like changing the voice work now requires hiring actors and recording mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff whereas you could probably just swap out the control scheme for something more you know modern yeah. and it wouldn't take much yeah uh, you know you wouldn't maybe. have to rebuild the game from scratch you just it's just about controls but i wonder I mean, if they're willing to invest that because it's a very highly regarded game is my oh, understanding yeah. Massively, massively well regarded. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also got the challenge modes. Once you've beaten the storyline, you can go back and it's called mercenaries, and you can play as different characters and play oh, through okay. these specifically built maps. Um, okay. I think that it's got amazing gameplay moments. Like when mm -hmm. you are playing through the game the first time, you get to the little hamlet before you even get sort of the main Resident Evil Four splash screen. Right. Uh, you get this amazing siege moment. So you're standing in a town and suddenly all these villagers come rushing after you and you can run into a house and you get this little cutscene. Leon slams the door behind himself and shoves a bookcase in front of the door. And then you're now in this house as zombies are trying to break in through the windows and you can shove more things in front of the windows. Run upstairs and there's a shotgun now. And that's when Dr. Dr. Salazar, I think is what the character's name is. Um, he's the guy with <laughs> the bag the on his head. He's the bad guy? Well, no, he's, he's the guy with the bag on his head and a chainsaw. He comes I've out. I've seen him, okay. Yeah. yeah, one of them. There are many of them throughout the course of the game. I think I dated one, but anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's just got these really excellent gameplay moments and it does such a wonderful job of signposting things to the player. The first time you see it, like there's, there's this sign marker basically and it's a, a straight post on the ground with a cross on it and a skull hanging from it mm -hmm. you walk past that and odds are you're going to step on a bear trap and now this becomes your your sign mark to your player hey there's bad shit that's about to happen just ahead of you and then for the rest of this whole section of the game these anytime these things pop up you know something is about to happen oh there's going to be dynamite that's going to get thrown at me oh there's going to be a boulder that's going to chase me down this hill oh there's there's going to be something 
but it yeah. does an excellent job of communicating these things to the player. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, that seems. I'll be honest, sounds super cool. I, I yeah. just I wish, you know, maybe I'm going to try this again with. I'm uh, not maybe. I am going to try this again with a with a mouse and keyboard and see if that makes things any easier for me. Mm -hmm. Because I really want to love this game because I've been hearing about it for 15 years and I've always wanted to try it. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Resident Evil. I loved the first game, I think, was actually a PC game to begin with. And I kind of enjoyed that one. I loved the second one. I always loved that. I love the movies, believe it or not. I own all of them. Uh, yeah, they're dumb as hell, but so what? They're yeah. fun. By the way, coolest director's commentary ever is the Resident Evil 1 commentary. Oh, really? uh, yeah, it's, it's um, Mila Jojovic, Michelle Rodriguez, and the director making fun of the other actors. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> I absolutely find the director's commentary for Resident Evil 1. It's great. But it's also they're also good movies. Like, yeah, they're B-movies, but they're fun. They're, they're hammer films for the 21st century. And Resident Evil is a hammer film in game form. Hammer films are probably, they're way before my time, but they're, way, they're, they're cheesy B-movies. The Mummy and the Curse of the Mummy's Tomb and oh, Dracula's yeah. Third Cousin Twice Removed and shit like that. This is a Hammer movie, and I, I really want to love it. I just, I smacked right up against bad dialogue and bad control, so. All yeah. right, well, let's, let's wrap this up. But before we do, I'm going to give you one last reason why you should play this game. When you beat this game on any difficulty, you unlock two things. You can unlock a gun called the Chicago Typewriter, which is a unlimited machine gun, a, a machine gun with a limited ammo that you never have to reload. And wow. you also unlock <laughs> a, a rocket launcher with unlimited ammo. So when you play through this game the first time, it's a slog, and then you go back and you play through it with like this, uh, this costume that you get for Leon, where he's wearing this 1920s noir investigator's outfit. Of course he does. And and the Chicago typewriter, where if you try and reload it, he just tips his hat to the enemy and taunts them. <laughs> and and a giant rocket launcher that just never runs out of ammo. That actually sounds really funny. That, that, <laughs> it's that, really that, funny. That, that sounds really really funny. I'm, yeah. So I'm guessing you're gonna play this again. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to give it another shot, too. We'll see if the camera... Let's see if I wind up on the floor after five minutes again, but I am going to give it another shot. So. Well, perfect. All right. So there it is. There it is. <laughs>